Hey friends, welcome to Wednesday, February the 9th, and to Enough for Today. Tonight at church, we have groups, so join us at 7. It's still a great opportunity to get involved into groups. You would only be coming into the second or third week of 10 weeks, and so we invite you to join us on site or online at, uh, at Emmanuel. Hey, we get to start a new psalm today, and I love when that happens. We're making our way through this beautiful, wonderful songbook of ancient Israel. Poetry, Hebrew, Hebrew poetry, rich with uh, the heart and the character of God and lots of arrows that point to Jesus. In fact, when Jesus taught the Psalms to his disciples in Luke 24, he showed them all things concerning himself. And uh, for the sake of time, it's impossible for us to exhaust everything about every Psalm. We're doing our best. But be sure, my friends, to always look for Jesus. Be careful not to imagine him under every stone or every rock. Uh, but uh, there's literal arrows and foreshadowings and imagery and principle, really, that points ultimately to Jesus. One of them is a psalm, is that this psalm is a psalm of David. Uh, David was the, was the first king in the lineage of the kings that would lead ultimately to the ultimate and eternal and perfect king, Jesus. Uh, he is of the lineage of David, and that was promised. That's part of God's covenant to David. David calls this psalm, calls himself in this psalm, a servant of the Lord. What a great identity, especially uh, considering the fact that David is anointed as king. Uh, it wouldn't have been wrong for David to say uh, God's anointed king. But what did he see? How did he see himself? And he saw, he saw Saul um, melt down and, and get big in his own sight and his pride and arrogance and narcissism. And so David just was content to call himself the servant of the Lord. You know, the world imposes on you all kinds of false and superficial and artificial and temporal, fragile identities, causing you to grasp for significance and meaning and lesser things. But one of the best things that could ever be said about you or that you could ever say or think or understand about yourself is that you are the servant of the Lord. That's enough, friend. If you know Jesus and he's in your life, uh, you don't have to be all the world says you have to be. You don't have to achieve and accomplish greatness. Jesus already is great and he calls you wonderful and he loves you and he cherishes you and he died for you and he loves you more than you can imagine. So nothing could make you more significant and more meaningful and more valuable than the fact that the creator of the universe set his love upon you and redeems you and wants you to be his. And so when it comes to your function, when it comes to your identity today, rest in the fact that you're his servant. That's okay, that's enough, that's awesome. The creator of the universe, uh, has a purpose for you and meaning for you and value for you. So I just love the title of the psalm, To the Chief Musician, a Psalm of David, the Servant of the Lord. What a privilege, what a delight, what a joy. You know, that applies no matter where you are, no matter where you go in life, no matter what you have to do today. You don't have to be in ministry or on the mission field to be a servant of the Lord. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a servant of the Lord raising up those children. If you're a single adult, uh, you're a servant of the Lord. Going about your work, your calling, your career, you're a servant of the Lord. You may be in school, you may be a student, you're a servant of the Lord. That's why you give it your best. Your reading, your papers, your, your classes, your lectures, your memorization, you give it your best. Why? Because you're not just getting credits, 
You're a servant of the Lord. Hey, if you're the husband, if you're a single man, if you're a, a servant leader, if you're a manager, if you're a shift worker, if you're a factory worker, wherever you are, wherever God's ordained your steps to be today, you're a servant of the Lord. Hey, let's read these 12 verses and we'll leave it there. We'll, we'll pick it up tomorrow and start unfolding this psalm. So David writes, The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. New paragraph. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches unto all the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. O oh, continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and are thy righteous and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There, uh, there are the workers. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down, and shall not be able to rise. My friend, this is going to be a very helpful psalm. There's three sections to it. We'll unfold them in big picture tomorrow, and then we'll dive into the verse by verse over the next few days. So I hope you'll join me. But today, my challenge to you is simply take great pleasure, great delight, and deep identity. Let your soul relish the fact that you are the servant of the Lord. Let that define you, let that direct you, and let God use you today. Happy Wednesday. Hope to see you tonight. And if not, we'll see you tomorrow.